Hello and welcome to another edition of Flashpoint. I'm your host, Ryan Mills. Joining me today to discuss trucking and trucking infrastructure is Boyd Stevenson, Senior Vice President of Government Affairs for the National Tank Truck Carriers. Boyd, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Boyd, how did you get involved in the trucking industry? Can you tell our listeners a bit about your background? Sure. It's kind of a funny story. As I get ready to have my 15th college reunion, I reflect upon the fact that me at 22 would have probably laughed you out of the room if you told him that I would have been involved in trucking. Uh, I ended up going to work right out of college in the government affairs office of a little trucking company called United Parcel Service. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, And then from there, I ended up moving over to the American Trucking Association. Uh, I found out that uh, hazardous materials issues are particularly fascinating and uh, uh, oftentimes get overlooked, much like trucking issues uh, in general. Uh, So it's sort of the redheaded stepchild of the redheaded stepchildren. And uh, I guess I just really fell in love with an industry that uh, has a lot of family businesses still and folks that really treat each other like uh, the siblings that are always competing with each other. Sure, that's great. AFPM recently released a report on the fuel and and petrochemical supply chains. We often hear that trucking is an essential part of the first and the final miles. Can you explain the role of your members play in fuel and petrochemical uh, transportation? Sure. The tank truck industry is going to be very involved uh, on both the the first and the last mile. Uh, Any sort of hydraulic fracturing is going to require significant amounts of both sand and water. Uh, and our trucks are the ones that are going to move that sand and water. Uh, So we are very, very, very involved on that front. Um, We're also going to be the ones that show up at the fuel racks uh, at the very end of the day and uh, move things from the refinery to the gas station or other distribution point uh, for retail customers. So we're kind of the first folks to... uh, touch your products and the last folks to touch it before it uh, goes to the ultimate consumer. So what is your assessment of the current state of U.S. highway infrastructure and given increased oil and gas production, particularly in rural areas, is the trucking industry well positioned to assist in the U.S. energy renaissance? So I think we do really have a place to be involved in that. I went ahead and pulled up the American Society of Civil Engineers report card on America's infrastructure, just so I could give you some ideas. Um, Overall, America's infrastructure in last year, 2017, they gave it a D plus. Uh, Our bridges got a C plus. Our roads got a D. And our ports got a C plus. So overall, I think that you can tell uh, that the professionals dealing with these matters know that our state of infrastructure needs a significant amount of repair. I don't think that's news to anyone that's driven on the highways uh, any time in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, the fact of the matter is we don't really fund our, uh, our highway maintenance the way that we should. Um, and that's going to be a challenge uh, in the fuel and petrochemical realm in a few different areas. Uh, the most obvious is just going to be the basic funding on roads. Um, You know, the federal fuel tax is 18.4 cents per gallon on passenger cars and 24.4 on uh, heavy diesel trucks. Uh, And that's been a 
the same amount since 1993. So we all know what inflation is, and every year as, as inflation continues to grow, it means that that tax, which is frozen at a specific amount, does less and less. Uh, now, on an overall transportation issue, that's really challenging because it means that uh, states and localities are trying to upgrade and maintain their roads uh, with a flat amount of money that goes less and less far every year. In the oil and gas industry, you're going to have some even greater challenges. Uh, and this is going to be more on the extraction side than on the distribution side. Uh, because at the end of the day, the products that are necessary for extraction are extremely heavy. Uh, and you've got challenges on two areas there. The first is going to relate to bridges. Uh, we have a bridge formula uh, that relates to how much weight you can send over any particular bridge. And as the bridges become more and more disrepaired, the amount of weight you can put on them falls lower and lower. Uh, that means that a lot of routes that could be serviced relatively quickly by traveling over a bridge become infeasible because you suddenly have to take a land route or go to a more recently serviced bridge. So you've got that challenge there. The other challenge is that a lot of the equipment that's necessary in transportation is going to be oversized or overweight. Um, we have maximum weights allowed on trucks. <coughs> and uh, but those can be exceeded with permits that uh, come from the states and localities. Obviously, those permits uh, are cost a significant amount of money. And that cost goes towards making sure that the roads are maintained uh, commensurate with the extra weight that's traveling over them. Why is that a challenge? Because as the normal highway funds are covering less and less of what needs to be covered, it means that states and localities all of a sudden are having to reach out and with these permits um, charge more and more. So as, as our infrastructure becomes less and less useful, it becomes more and more expensive on shippers and carriers, shippers being those folks uh, like the AFPM membership and carriers being those like us, uh, and ultimately those costs really do get passed on to consumers uh, in the form of higher gas prices. That's a lot of great information. So what infrastructure policy issues are most important to your membership? Uh, in addition, are there any related policy issues that could impact highway transport? Sure. Uh, well, obviously, jumping off from where we just were, Ryan, uh, a stable source of highway maintenance and repair funding is probably the most important issue out there for the trucking industry. Historically, that was the gas tax. And one of the things we didn't cover about the gas tax before that I think is pretty neat is it's actually frozen off from the rest of the federal, uh, the rest of the federal budget. That money that gets collected goes and lands in its own special little bank account, and then that bank account is what goes out to pay for the roads, which when you think about it makes a lot of sense because Gasoline is the fuel used to travel on the roads and then use the tax on the gasoline to maintain and repair the roads. Uh, it's actually very much a virtuous circle. Uh, unfortunately, that fund is not keeping up with the needs these days. Uh, we're not necessarily married to the idea that it has to be a gas tax or a gas tax increase 
but we've got to do something to stabilize that fund. Um, we've got some other issues, too. Um, state and local laws that get in the way of interstate commerce are always a big challenge for our industry. Um, perhaps one of the most dangerous are when states and localities try to put out laws that govern when drivers can operate, when they have to take breaks, and things like that. Uh, at the end of the day, most importantly, we already have a federal regulator that does that. Uh, but perhaps if you think about it in terms of a trip through some of the smaller northeastern states, you can see how things could get really challenging if you have different states saying, well, when you're in our state, you need to take a 45-minute break after you've been driving for two hours. Uh, let's say that's Pennsylvania. But then you move over into Delaware, and they say, well, you've got to take an hour break after you've been driving for three hours. Uh, and then heading into New Jersey, they say something completely different. Uh, these things are going to get conflictual. They're going to limit the amount of time that drivers are on the road. Uh, and that's, that's a big headache for us. Um, and ultimately, it means that it takes longer for goods to move from point to point. Uh, we have some similar issues related to uh, when states and localities try to get in the way of uh, trucks carrying hazardous materials, which most definitely is going to include uh, gasoline and other petroleum products. Uh, we already have, again, we have a, a well-developed federal system there, and we really feel like we need to let it work. Uh, finally, the trucking industry has got a demographic problem. We're going to need about 890,000 more truck drivers over the next 10 years just to keep up with predicted demand. Um, and as any of you who are in the position of purchasing transportation know, uh, right now we have a pretty heavy driver shortage that can make it very, very difficult uh, to secure transportation for uh, an economical amount. So we'd like to see some steps taken so that we can bring some more drivers into our industry. Uh, and the trucking industry is really challenged in that regard. Uh, federal rules say that you can't drive a truck in interstate commerce, so across state lines, until you're 21. And that's a little bit of a challenge because, you know, a lot of the folks that might conceivably become truck drivers, uh, they're going to do that right after high school. And they're going to look at things and they're going to say, well, I've graduated and, you know what, let me get into an apprenticeship to become an electrician or a plumber. You know, and then the truck driving schools have to come in a couple years later and say, I know you've put in all this time and effort and you're on your way towards a well-paying career. We'd like you to abandon all of that and start over to uh, learn how to drive a truck. It's just not really a, uh, a position that, uh, that makes for, uh, for expanding our workforce very well. Uh, at the same time, our workforce is aging. Uh, our average worker is four years older than the average United States worker. And in the tank truck sector, that's even more exacerbated. The fact of the matter is, most carriers won't let you transport hazardous materials until you've been driving for two years. And on top of that, most carriers won't let you operate a tank until you've been transporting hazardous materials for two years. Now that does put us in a position where we can get the best and the safest drivers. Uh, and I truly do believe that the tank truck sector's safety record speaks for itself in that regard. Uh, but as we see tighter and tighter 
uh, labor market for drivers, uh, it means that harder and harder for us to find them as well as for general freight carriers to do so. Uh, so those are really probably the top three big issues, Ryan. Uh, happy to talk about any more in depth if you got any questions. Let's let's shift gears for just a second because I want to talk about something that's sort of timely given that hurricane season started last week. Uh, as we saw in the last hurricane season, trucking plays an essential role in responding to emergencies. Can you discuss how the trucking industry assists in times of need and the challenges associated with these types of events? Sure. Um, and you're right, it, it is timely, and the tank truck sector specifically is very involved in response, because as the folks at FEMA are always going to tell you, the number one initial goal responding to any disaster is to get things up and running, get the power restored, and re-energize the basic living infrastructure. And two of the main components you need to do that are fuel and water. Uh, and what natural disasters tend to do are disrupt the transportation uh, of these two very, very important commodities. Uh, in the case of fuel, you're generally worried about getting gasoline back into the affected uh, region as quickly as possible. Uh, oftentimes, especially when you see an evacuation order, uh, it means that there's a run on gasoline, uh, and you've got to get gas and that infrastructure up as quickly and running as quickly as possible. Uh, you've also got a significant amount of equipment traveling into these affected areas, which is going to need fuel to run it. Uh, that's especially going to be the case with significant numbers of diesel generators, uh, which means that there is always, always a need for tank trucks. Um, you're going to have similar issues with water, except instead of fueling machines, you're going to fuel some people. Um, and it's really, uh, this is an area where I have always seen our, not just our trucking companies, but our drivers stand up and say, how do we get involved? Um, perhaps the, the best way to do that is to look into a group called the American Logistics Aid Network. Uh, and they essentially act as a, a non-profit uh, broker matching groups with donations to destinations that need them and transportation companies that can provide the carriage. Uh, and NTTC and the trucking industry at large is very pleased to be involved with Allen. Um, you know, it's one of the fastest ways to get things done. We also see a lot of these drivers volunteering their time to, to go without compensation or carriers uh, similarly comping loads uh, but still paying their drivers. Uh, it, it, it's an area where things are very involved and we're lucky because we're moving into an area, an era where the states are really getting it right about how to help us help them. Uh, Florida in the fall of 2017 is perhaps the best example of that, where roads were shut down and police escorts were there for our guys and girls moving things in and out um, so that they could go as quickly as possible. You could really get things up and running. Uh, and then once you got that basic infrastructure there, it's amazing how quickly civilian populations are able to come in and get their lives back in order. 
Well, Boyd, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been a really helpful and informative conversation. Uh, very much my pleasure, Ryan, and uh, always happy to, uh, to work with friends of our industry. All right, thank you.